As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Episode nine, Maggie. Episode nine. This is the last episode that we're doing remotely. Well, no, <laughs> that's not true. It's next episode. We won't be remotely, but we will have more yeah, you, you, episodes in the future. Right. You'll be back home and we're going to do episode 10, a big episode together here at home. Mm-hmm. Very excited for that. Um, you know who else is really looking forward to it is Simon and Spencer. Stop. I'm the- going to cry. They cannot wait to see you. They talk about it all the time. I miss them uh, so I mean, well, much. they don't talk about it so much, but I can see it in their eyes that they're thinking about you. Oh, yeah. Every time Simon and Spencer are our dogs, and every time I FaceTime my parents, I always try and, like, get their attention, and they're so not interested. But I think they're trying to play it cool, you know? Yeah. They always they, they play it pretty cool. Speaking of playing it cool, let's play that cool intro music. <laughs> okay. Max and Dad's wholesome chaos. I wore hoop earrings today, and every time I move, they're hitting on my AirPods. <laughs> Uh-oh. I know. I don't know if I should take them out, but they look so nice. Yeah, they do. They look very nice. <laughs> It's the trick. Are those new? No, these are so old. They're actually mom's. I stole them from her a few years ago. Um, but she never wore them, so was it really yeah. stealing? Maybe. No. Borrowing. <laughs> borrowing early yeah. inheritance something like that let's go with that you and i both yeah. had a big week of diving yes some we, bigger than others but it was a good week yeah we got a challenge the two of us from our friend molly carlson who is a professional canadian diver and so she challenged both of us to do an inward dive and we both accepted the challenge and did it on both of our channels how do you feel how was your experience learning it doing well, first, it first i want to say molly carlson is more than just a canadian diver she's a beast that woman mm-hmm. is amazing and she's so sweet and encouraging like yeah. that was the thing it's like she believes so much in us i'm like yeah i guess we could do this and she, and she's really complimentary even though we know what we're doing is is not that great but she gives us great <laughs> feedback and in her own diving she's doing like big cliff dives and yeah. 20 meter boards and crazy stuff like that. So by comparison, what she's asking us to do seems pretty simple. And I started following Molly and just because I enjoyed her spirit. And then she started like giving you instruction. And I, I don't know how exactly that relationship formed, but it was very cool. And um, I, I embraced it like you did. What's interesting about those two videos though, is that we didn't talk about how we're going to do it. So we both had very different approaches to how we like filmed our videos. Did mm-hmm. you notice that? 
A little bit. I think you and I just have different styles of how we make our TikToks in general, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I explain things more. I talk too much. I get it. <laughs> and and you just go right to it. And you're like, hey, well, you know, you made it much more uh, kind of like flashy. Not flashy, but just kind of <laughs> moves very quickly. And I did the long form edit. The other thing I did that wasn't ideal, but I learned from is I figured I want to get the whole dive in the shot. So I put the camera on my iPhone on the wide angle, the 0.5 millimeter lens. And mm-hmm. so what, what it did is it made our pool look huge, but it made, it made me look pretty tiny. <laughs> it made me look like this little guy on a big board up the middle of the thing. It was kind of funny. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, I think you did, you did better than I did, ultimately. You certainly did more dives. Oh, my goodness. I, when I do something, I want to do it the best I possibly can. And I don't even necessarily... Recently, I've started realizing that I'm a little bit insane with how I do things because so many people have commented on past a little bit really just a little bit (laughs) on like past diving videos I've done I've noticed more and more comments of people being like oh my goodness you tried this so many times like that's crazy that you have that work ethic or whatever and in my head I'm thinking like this is the amount of tries I have in the TikTok is a fraction of the amount of tries because it wouldn't all fit in a video and it gets a little bit redundant, you know, seeing me, seeing the progress. <laughs> I kind of go on the highlights of the of progress it. a little bit. Um, sure. But in yeah. the funniest ones and the, the best ones. Yeah. I work on yeah. things for like, I, I probably worked on the inward dive for maybe like 40 minutes, an hour. Um, just like try after try after try. Um, <laughs> I, I did, um, a few more attempts than what I actually showed in my video. Mm-hmm. And I probably would have kept going. But for me, I injured my foot a little bit. And that kind of cut things short. Yeah. Which you, was, I showed you that video, but I didn't did. put it in the TikTok. Yeah. And it was just me bouncing at the back of the board. So inward dive, you're facing away from the pool, which is kind of a freaky thing, don't you think? Kind of like flipping oh toward the board at first. Yeah. Until you realize how far you actually naturally go from the board. And then your mind can kind of go around it a little bit more. But I was experimenting with getting like a bigger bounce. And so I was going to go like bounce and then go. And so I took a jump and I went to go land on the jump. I didn't just do a bounce, but I did a jump. And when I came down, my foot kind of like flipped off the front of the board and my toes kind of went up and like it just bruised my foot. Oh, um, yeah, it did not it, look I, good. Well, at least, I mean, it looked like it could have gone worse, like me hitting my head or something. Yeah, but. I was about to say, I'm so glad you didn't hit like your <laughs> chin or anything on the board. You did hit it with your hands. It looked like that was an intentional hit though. Like you were like, yep. just tap it and be like, okay. <laughs> it's kind of but, funny. Um, yeah. It, so it's, it's hurt. It still hurt, but I'm recovering Ooh. in my own way, in my own way, by you know, by, I'm sorry. by trying things until they hurt and then trying them a little bit more and pushing it. Yeah. Which is generally how I recover from things. <laughs> well, what I thought was funny is another dive I tried was a one and a half, which is you jump, you do a front flip and then you dive. Um, and I have not got it yet. And I've had a lot of comments recently that are like, oh my gosh, when's your next diving video? Like, when are you going to go back to it? Um, and my body was so injured after I had tried it the first time. Actually, fun fact, I did try it a second time and I've been having issues with my phone and what I was recording, it just cut out. Like, it would film the first 15 seconds and then continue to film, but all the footage is just a black screen with no audio after that. 
So I was mm. so sad about that. But like I well, good thing you didn't post that one. Well, yeah, <laughs> but my <laughs> body was like I have so many bruises everywhere and I was just achy where it's important to push yourself, but it's also important to know your limits and not push yourself to the point where you're going to get hurt. Um, so I think it's funny every time I get those comments, I'm like, I just, I need a few days. Like I need it's to important recover. to relax. And it, you know what else is important is to relax your mind mm-hmm. and to really calm down your thinking, you know, to, to get calm. And that is a really amazing sponsor of this podcast. I'm so excited about it. It's a great app called calm. And, you know, if you're worried about getting back to school, if you're worried about getting to back to work, the changes in our environments can sometimes make it hard to focus on uh, what we're doing or what we're learning. And calm can really reduce stress, can help you uh, increase your concentration in those circumstances. We're partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools to improve the way that you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off into dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. And if you go to calm.com slash chaos, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off of a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds, sleep more, stress less, and live better with Calm. For listeners of this show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash chaos. Go to calm.com slash chaos for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash chaos. So yes, we are definitely going to do some more diving when you're back here next week. I'm really excited about that and to uh, getting back on the horse. I actually did one jump, one more dive after I hurt my foot just because I wanted to not end on that note. Um, but since then, I've just been kind of healing it up and taking it pretty easy. So that'll gotcha. be good. I'll be ready to get back to it when you're here. Gotcha. Did I ever yeah. tell you about the time I got hurt jumping into a pool when I was in, when I was a kid, when I was like eight or 10 years old? I don't think so. I was probably about 10. I was in summer day camp in Chicago. So I grew up in the city of Chicago and about a mile away, rather, was our high school, Curie <laughs> High School, where I later ended up going to. But they ran a summer camp, um, like a day camp during the summer, which is where I learned to tumble. It's where I learned some of my initial acrobatic skills. I got some great encouragement, um, but also where I, I got hurt a number of times. And one of them was me jumping. And I should say here, because I, Maggie, you reminded me when I described my bleeding story that that made some people uncomfortable or may, or may have made some, some people uncomfortable. I probably should preface that. Uh, this was also an injury story. It's not graphic, but I did kind of hurt myself um, when I was facing the edge of the pool. And so if you're triggered by that, don't listen for the next minute or so. So face away from the pool and I was jumping backwards, kind of like an inward, except I wasn't flipping. I was just jumping backwards. And so I did, but I was a little nervous. And so I was just like, I'm just going to jump a little bit in. And I cleared the edge of the pool, but I cleared the edge of the pool, but there was this like drain around the pool. No. There was a, yeah. And the drain around the pool caught me right under the chin and cut my chin like that. And that was one of the ways I got hurt when I was in day camp. Damn, I also these, broke a tooth. I, these stories All these suck. other things. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. They're not funny. But um, it does, I guess I have a pretty high pain tolerance. And I learned at a young age. 
<laughs> That's the moral of the story. Wonderful story. Um, wow. As riveting Change the as subject. that is. Tell me about what say, you've been doing. I, I would love to tell you. So this week, I think last week I talked about the struggles of making girlfriends out here because it's, and I, I like had this conversation with some girls lately where, and by lately, was it yesterday? No, it's two days ago, it was Sunday. Um, I was at a friend's house church and it was really cool because after the church or whatever, it was more of like a gathering and kind of just like community time. But um, afterwards, all the girls, we like kind of immediately flocked together and it was so nice. And we were talking about how difficult it is to make girlfriends out here. And the way I, I think it's fair to put it is in general, making friends out here, you just have to time it correctly because a lot of people are moving into L.A. Like a lot of people who are in L.A. are not from L.A. You move to L.A. Not everyone, but a lot of people. And so you have to time it right where you meet people who also just moved there and are looking for friends. Because it's harder to like, it's not impossible, but it's harder to like enter a friend group with people who have been together for a few months or a few years or something like that. So you got to time it out. So you like meet at the exact right time. And that's kind of how it felt on Sunday was like I met a really good group of girls and it made me so excited and so happy. It was crazy. Another one of the girls who I met um, is an aspiring actress law student. Like, hmm. how crazy is how that? How about that? Yeah, I, that's great. I myself am an actress law student. Um, so, oh, speaking of school in general, I spent like two and a half hours yesterday writing down lecture notes and it, it just felt like a gut punch. I was like, oh, yeah, I yeah. remember this. Um, I don't understand your school now. I just have to tell you, I don't understand it at all. You're not there meeting in person. And then when <laughs> no. I said, so what time are your classes during the week? You said, well, I don't have any classes during the week. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it, what? what? So you're just getting a list of assignments, and then, and then you have to, like, do these assignments, and that's what we're called? That's college now? Yeah. Well, there's also some teachers, I think it's actually – Sorry, I think it's only one teacher I have. Um, she records the lectures that she does. Um, so that's kind of like we're watching a class. Um, no, it's an asynchronous class. Um, if you were a student during the pandemic, you kind of know there's asynchronous and synchronous classes. Asynchronous, you don't meet. Synchronous is online meeting. Um, when you're talking about online classes. So yeah, all of my classes are asynchronous which really puts the management on myself. Um, I decided, though, I'm going to try and get all my schoolwork done by Wednesdays. Oh, wait. Okay, actually, never mind. That might not actually get done this week. But that's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal. Um, that's the goal, to, the word try. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But um, you have so. to manage yourself, which is, which is really a powerful um, skill. If we get yeah. to it, we have a question about procrastination. You could talk about that because, yeah, you just can't get behind, right? You have to stay on top of the wave. Yeah. No, but I've had – sorry, I, I kind of got off topic a little bit, but talking about, like, community here in L.A., I feel so blessed with the people I've been around lately. Um, like, just genuine good people. I went to church with a friend, um, a TikTok friend, but, like, more than that now – 
like they're a real friend. I consider them a friend friend, not just like a social media friend. Um, but yeah, I went to church with a friend on Sunday and then after like went to hang out with some church friends. And so I just like felt surrounded by love all day and met so many great people. And I feel a lot better about like my community out here. That's always been a big part for you of how you feel uh, heard, understood, connected is your faith and your friend, friend groups. And so that's amazing. Yeah. And the other thing you have going for you is you went there with knowing some people in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the timing was right in that respect. But like you've done some collaborations there with um, Jenna and with Happy Kelly. And like, that's been cool. Yeah. You know who I'm hanging out with later today? No. Um, oh my gosh, I don't want to mispronounce the names because you and I always, we don't know exactly. Like, Coast and Mayer? Coast and Mayer? that's awesome. I'm going to have to ask him how to say that. But yeah, we're, um, we're going to hang out later today. So I am looking forward to that. This morning has been crazy. Oh my goodness. I started bright and early at 9 a.m. with therapy. Now we're doing this. After this, I have an acting private at 12.30, and then I have some friends later today, and then schoolwork. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild day, but a good productive day. Do you want to do a that procrastination day. question right now? No, let's, well, let's get into some questions, because we, we do, we definitely want to get there. We, you know, this week, Maggie, we had questions from all over the world, from China, Ireland, the UK, France, Australia, Finland, and across the United States as well. And I want everyone to know, we really appreciate your questions and your comments that your encouragement for us, like you've been giving us such amazing love and telling us, even if you don't ask a question, how you enjoy the podcast and they benefit your life and tell us a bit of your stories. We read every one of those. And so if you want to communicate with us, that's a great way to do it. Go to wholesomechaos.com and leave your questions. And the first one uh, for this week, Maggie, is this one. Hey, hey, it's from Mary. So hi, Mary. And hey, hey, big fan and listener since episode one. Woohoo. So I'm someone who grew up in a not so great home. My parents were intense. Twas a bummer. I'm now getting a closer to an age where I'm going to have kids. I want to have kids. But something I struggle with is how to be a good parent since I had no example. I was curious if you could touch on what worked or didn't work, the discipline and things, and how that shaped your beautiful relationship. I dream of having a relationship with my kid like y'all have with each other, and it would be so, I would so appreciate insight and wisdom from both of you, Mary. So Maggie, what would you say to Mary? Um, communication is important. And yes, it's important, I guess, to understand, like when you're younger, the roles of, parent child like clearly one has the control I guess but it's so important that the respect goes both ways because if like you can say as a parent you deserve the respect of the kid but if you don't act in a way and like have a relationship with them where they feel like they respect you and the respect is only there because of because it like quote unquote it has to be because that's like the power dynamic it's going to be a far less open and positive relationship like when you respect each other no matter if your kid's like five or like 25 
if you have a sense of respect there, then the relationship is going to be better. Um, communication, communication is important. Um, I feel like my advice is more like from the kid perspective, though, because I don't have children yet. Well, I would, um, of course not. But, but, but Maggie, I don't want to diminish the role you as a as a child in this relationship. People always look at parenting like, okay, the parents do something amazing, and then the children just no, magically turn out right. Yeah, and that's the kids not true. So important. Like as a as a kid, you've got to make a choice. Like, do you want a good relationship? And if you do want a good relationship with your parents, regardless of where they're at in their life or their skill set, you've got to have you got to extend a little bit of a gr of grace, and you've got to be accommodating and presume that they're they may have good intentions, even if things don't work out. Like like the, it's a works both way kind of thing, and yeah. you get out of it in many ways what you put into it. Um, yeah, and no. so you're you're amazing at that. Thanks. Um, something that I remember, our our good friend Lynn Stallings, she has told this story many times, and I hope I get it right. Um, but it was along the lines of there was this young girl, like young, elementary school or so, and she had a sleepover with a friend in which um, the friend's mom like came in and said, I love you, good night, um, and just kind of had like a very affectionate relationship. And that was very abnormal to her because that was not the way that her parents um, expressed their love because people express love differently um, and her family was not really a verbal or like physical um, like tell you I love you type of love and so when the girl went home uh, every morning before she went to school after that night she would say like all right I love you mom I love you dad and leave and she like that was something that was not really said in the household and so as a young kid, she started doing that. Um, and it, I guess it took her parents a little bit by surprise. And one morning she was running late or something and she forgot to stay and just rushed out of the house. And the mom actually followed her outside and said, wait, wait. She was like, you forgot to say I love you. And that story kind of always stuck with me a little bit because it showed me just how important and how impactful a child's role in the relationship can be. Because kind of like this question, um, like not everybody, like like Mary's situation, how she said, not everybody grows up in a family where love is communicated verbally um, or just like expressed necessarily. Like a lot of people love their kids, but don't don't know how to tell their kids or show their kids that they love them. And so, to kind of have an example where a kid started that. Like, is is the role on the kid, is the job of the kid to do that? No, I, I, I would argue no, but they can. And I think that was a cool story to show, to show that. Yeah, and if, you, and if you were that kid, like, you can't give away what you don't have. So at some point, that is the role of the hurt kid, is to figure out how to be a healing and helpful parent and how to move forward from that position. And I would say to you, Mary, is like, you can't give away what you don't have, which means if you didn't get that from your parents, it's probably because they didn't get it from their parents. They didn't know that example. And so even if that's not 100% true, and there were probably some things that were really hurtful that happened in the course of that relationship, you have to extend that grace and thought and say, I'm going to tell myself a story that here that this isn't about me. This is about their limitation. Maybe it's about your parents not being feeling like they're deserving 
of, of love for whatever reasons, because of their past or because of their life. There's a lot of things going on that you don't understand as a kid, but there's, there's big issues at work. Could be addiction, could be all kinds of things, but you presume the best. And then at some point you say, all right, I'm going to break that cycle and I'm going to be the parent and I'm going to do things differently. And so what I'm saying is you have to go get that example and you get it a lot of places. You say, well, I'm not going to necessarily get that from my family. So I'm going to adopt a family. I'm going to go study some people or befriend some people who live their life differently. Like the story you were just telling Maggie, you, you, uh, you read books, you, you just look for podcasts and examples. Hopefully that this show and the example that Maggie and I are putting out into the world is one benefit of that. Like that's one aspect of that and it's not complete and it's not sufficient and we're not going to be here the the only two to help you grow in, into that role but it's a piece of it like we're going to feed some mental picture that you're going to build over time and you're going to be picking and choosing and drawing from different people you meet and know and examples you see and you're going to just try it out and you might know I, the yeah go ahead might i suggest if if you wish watch the dad in this is us <laughs> We do you remember that, Dad? Yeah. Yeah. We we loved that show. And I remember at least we actually never finished the show, so I don't know how how it goes. But like season one, I think that dad sets a really good example of just like what it looks like to love your family. Um Yes. And real people too. Like that's what I was <laughs> trying. I was definitely stressing find real people in your life you can emulate because you can actually ask them questions and they weren't necessarily dreamed up by writers. But okay, yes. well, anything. The else. writers, <laughs> anything that works is is the basically the piece of it. So yeah, big heavy question. But my point was, you're not going to get it right. You're going to be making mistakes along the way, and you just don't try to pretend you know more than you do all the time. Be a little bit vulnerable, but but do be the leader of the family. Do present a, uh, a, a set of rules and boundaries and structure that people are that your kids are going to push back against. But in pushing back against your boundaries and structure, they're also pushing back to test how much you really care about them, how much you really believe what you're trying to teach them, how much you really love them in some respects. And so, just know that a lot of that pushback isn't just because they think you're wrong. It's because they want to know how much you think you're right. Yeah, I think, but also I think something that is important to understand is like, like you said, you're not going to get it right all the time, but it always frustrates me when people in any leadership position, when they know they've got something wrong, they just say like, oh, I have to commit to it though, because I'm the leader and I'm not going to go back on it. Um, like, even though I know this isn't working and this is wrong, I'm going to stick to it to, like, save face. And I think that that can be damaging in a lot of situations. Um, and I think it can go a lot better if the person in the leadership position just says, like, okay, like, we're going to change route a little bit because clearly this certain route that we're we're on is not working. And it doesn't have to... Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I do. I totally okay. get it. Yeah, being able to admit you make a, a mistake. Yeah, like we're all People human. view that as weakness when in fact it's a huge sign of strength. I think yeah. that's what you're trying to say. It's like you become a more compelling leader when you're willing to say, we're leading in this direction. Nope, you know what? Now we're leading in this direction. Um, yeah. And it goes back to the fact that leadership is really about never having all the, all the information. 
a great mm-hmm. leader, inspiration person in my life, says, as a leader in any situation, no matter how well-funded you are, no matter about how organized or successful the company is, you only ever get about 70 to 80% of the information that you'd like to have to make a decision before it's time to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And yet you've got to make a decision. And so sometimes that means you get it right. And sometimes that means you get it wrong, but it always means you can learn something. Yeah. So, you know, so Maggie, um, oh, go ahead. I was going to move on to the next part. Well, go for it. <laughs> I was going to say, I would love to break up all this serious conversation with a little bit of a game that has been suggested okay. that we play. See, great um, minds uh, think are alike here. So this comes from uh, Bella. Bella said, I'm 12 years old. I'd love wa- I love watching your TikToks and podcasts. Thank you. And I think you could play more games on your podcast like you did on episode two. <laughs> yes. And I don't know why the game we decided to go with is Never Have I Ever. Um, have you? Well, I suggested it, but I don't think I know what it is. Yeah, that was the funny thing to me was my dad was like, yeah, let's play Never Have I Ever. I was like, um. It's got a good sound to it. Good ring to it. Have you ever played this game before? Because usually. No, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized I probably shouldn't. Yeah, usually it's um, played in a context um, to find out, you know, deep, dark information about people. But we are going to play it in a good way but not like a not like a cheesy way like i mean at least the questions i came up with are definitely gonna expose dirt on you but (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna keep it keep it nice and appropriate oh my goodness now i really don't know if i understand the game (laughs) okay no 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 no. yeah definitely i need to preface this with you when you say a question because i don't think you 100 percent understand this when you say a okay. question like never have I ever, you say something you have not done. So I could say like never have I ever been married and you would say I have. We're going to say I have instead of putting a finger down because a lot of y'all are probably listening to this rather than watching it. Um, but, but do you get that? You're not going to say something you have done. You're going to say something you haven't done. That really limits it. okay you could say like you could say like never have i ever moved to la and i i have to say i have okay well that's well now you can't say that okay well would you like me to start well people i mean we already know you're in la and you moved there and everybody else says giving you an example i wasn't okay okay so why don't you start and we'll see if it gets more interesting go ahead okay you ready yeah Never have I ever shoplifted. Oh, so you've never shoplifted. <laughs> nope, and that's how the game works. Shoplifting <laughs> is a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing, um, which I have done, unfortunately. Sad to say. Not in a long time. Not <laughs> since I was quite young. And I guess at some point in elementary school, I was hanging out with some wrong people in my cl- in my elementary school. Elementary school. Yeah. What? The elementary school bad boys. It's just a it's a funny image. Continue. Oh. I can even I can even name names. Nope, but, that's a, that's okay. We're not trying to get people arrested but they're here. They're funny. Like they're funny 
hardcore Polish boy names, but I'm not going to go there. And uh, I started running with these guys, and and yeah, I mean, and I, I don't know what it was. I was like, I guess I was just kind of experimenting with my boundaries and morality and what was or wasn't right, and I decided to try it to see how it felt. And I did do some shoplifting. Mm. Yeah, I'm not proud of it. I did uh, face the consequences. You were arrested? My, my parents found out about it. Oh. <laughs> no, my parents found out about it and made me go give all the stuff back. And <sighs> big time punishment and a lot of red flags on the door that year. Oh Suddenly my it's, gosh. Always, it's all coming back when I said I was a good kid all the time. <laughs> Maybe that's I literally, not true. Okay. Dad, I just, imagined, I just imagined mm-hmm. like a mugshot of eight-year-old you. <laughs> it, was, it was a really yeah. funny image. Okay, your turn. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So something I haven't done, but maybe you have. Never have I ever worn men's Old Spice deodorant. What the heck? You never have? I've never worn men's Old Spice deodorant. Although I know for a fact you wear it all the time. You probably have some in your purse right now, don't you? It's not in my purse. It's in my... um, the bathroom because I did have two. I had one in my purse and then I had a friend come visit like a boy and he forgot deodorant. So I was like, Oh, crazy enough. I actually have men's deodorant if you want it. Um, (laughs) right here. (laughs) Yeah, literally, (laughs) literally. But, um, it's like, I, I don't buy the ones that smell super manly anymore. I think I did that once and it was nice because it was like, oh, like it feels like I'm getting a hug from a boy. And then I saw a bunch of TikToks that were like, to all the girls who wear men's deodorant, you're not cool. And I was like, oh, wow. I didn't oh, know no. it was a thing. I thought that was just you. No. Well, I think some people do it. Now I buy one that like smells very, could go either way. Um, but it's just good deodorant in general. I really like it. Well, so. that's wonderful. I'm glad you do. All right, I guess you ready? that makes it your turn again. Yes. I'm scared, okay. but I'm ready. I actually do not know the answer to this one. Never have I ever snuck out. I think I have snuck out. What was interesting with my parents, I don't know if this was by design or just that they trusted me a lot and were okay with just going for it, but when I was in high school... Um, so, so I basically had like two different childhoods. Mm-hmm. One was living in Chicago. And then my sophomore year of high school, I moved to Georgia. And I did it in the middle of the year, like right during spring break. So I literally finished my sophomore year in Georgia and then junior, senior high school in Georgia as well. And so like Chicago days and Chicago friends, complete break. George, and a lot of people have this experience. It's the only time I've ever made a significant move. Um, Mm. so my high school days was when I was going out with friends, staying out late, you know, probably getting into some things I shouldn't have gotten into. And my parents never had like curfews. What they had was uh, the nine o'clock rule. Yeah. And so like, it didn't matter how late I got, got in. Now I, I did sneak in, which makes it feel like I snuck out, but I, I don't know that I really snuck out. I just stayed out. Yeah. Until like two, three in the morning. And I got really good at like putting my key in the front door without it touching much and then not <laughs> making any noise. And I knew where all the squeaks were in my house and I got yeah. home that way. And but then I'd always have to get up at nine. So sometimes yeah, that that's means what you've the nine o'clock rule was. Yeah. 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 Always up at nine. 
And we had um, that role too. You had that role for Eddie and I. For a while until I yeah. gave up on it because, well, you know, it, I just realized how early you were getting up during the week for school. It was ridiculous. And so yeah. you needed some more sleep. I was going to say, I think where that rule really got dropped was quarantine. Um, but, well, because quarantine kind of just like changed everything. And so at that point, it was less like you have to get up here because we, we were figuring out new schedules for everything. Um, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Your turn. Yeah, this one's easy. Never have I had a Red Bull or other, other kind of energy drink, like a monster or anything like that. You ever had I, one of those? I have. Um, I remember the first ever energy drink I had. Um, it was in seventh grade. And a boy I liked gave it to me because he was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm so cool. I drink these because I, like, need to stay awake. And I was like, oh, yeah, me too. Um, and I, <laughs> I didn't enjoy it very much. I've never – I like the taste of Red Bulls more. But for me, genuinely, like, I don't find that caffeine or energy drinks help me stay awake. Um and if, if I was trying to stay awake, I'd go with coffee because I love coffee. But yeah, I have. Um, however, I am not a huge fan. I know they're, like, not good for your body either, so. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, too. Oh, okay, well. th this is the third one I go have. Ahead. I think we were each only doing three, right? Yeah, I'll let this be the last one so we can maybe do another question and okay, then okay. wrap up or something. This is a good go one. Ahead. You ready? Never mm -hmm. have I ever accidentally told someone I loved them. <laughs> what's your what's your answer to that one yep yeah you wanna you wanna yep. elaborate on a little bit that happened that happened to me i'm oh man <laughs> i did not we did not tell each other these questions before that's <laughs> clearly clearly and i cut some i cut some of the ones that i was gonna ask you Mom and I discussed them and decided it was better not to ask. But, Thank you, uh, Mom. But this, this is true. I have I have accidentally told someone I love them. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the story. I uh, I was dating a girl at the time, and you know we we'd been dating a while, getting kind of serious, but not young young relationship and stuff like that. It was clearly not like full on love. Mm -hmm. And we were together, and and. In the middle of kissing, or <laughs> <laughs> I heard her say, "I didn't know y'all were you. kissing." <laughs> yes, yeah, like whisper to me, like "I love you," Aww. and I said, "I, I love you too," because I thought you should <laughs> say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, naturally. <laughs> and then she stopped, what, and then looked at me and said, uh, "I didn't say I love you." <laughs> I had misheard something else she said, or it was just like the best like like prank ever. <laughs> Pranks. You were actually on an episode of Punked. Yeah. I was on an episode of Punked. I never saw that episode. No, but uh, <laughs> oh, man. yeah, that happened. That's mm. tough. All I right. Apologize so, for letting everyone know about it. That's okay. That's all good. We let everybody know about everything these days. I know. I was, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, our, our picture came in from Las Vegas, the Peter Lick uh, photograph. Yeah. 
Remember right after we had the dinner with the Canadian um, basketball, basketball team? Basketball yeah. And the then comedians. we went upstairs into the art gallery, and Mom and I bought that, that photograph. Yeah, that and was we such... got it. It, it was crazy. Ahead. Yeah, that... <laughs> that whole experience was so funny because it was right after we finished um, eating, we are like... I told my parents, I was like, I really want to go shopping. Like, will you guys go look around a few stores with me? And they're like, yes, of course. And so we started walking, and they saw this store. They're like, oh, can we pop in here for a second? And Just for a second. I'm a nice person. I was like, of course. Yes, let's go look at some pretty pictures. My parents spent two hours in that store. And by the time we got out, every store was closed. So I really, I am happy for you. I hope you're enjoying the picture. I hope every time well, you look it at it, you remember. It's bigger than we thought it would be, and it doesn't fit on any of the walls that we wanted to put it on. So we're actually mm-hmm. not sure where to put it yet. You so can you figure, actually you can help us figure that out next week. Demolished the house, and you're starting from scratch. <laughs> no, we're moving. We're moving to a oh, whole new house. To L.A.? Just for that. Are you moving to L.A.? Please move to L.A. Don't get me started. <laughs> I know. I'm going to start. don't want to move to L.A. <laughs> I will get on Zillow. Look around. <laughs> but if you if you want me to move to LA, get me get me a job in LA, and then that might make it worthwhile. What do you, Dad? Your job is not based on a location. Well, you not tra- right now. <laughs> not ever. Know. You travel for a living. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean. Create yeah, yeah. some opportunities there for us, and we'll figure it out later. I'll work okay. on it. <laughs> All right. So um, speaking of working on it, let's answer this question because we mentioned it. Um, this is from someone in Sydney. Uh, two, actually, two, two, quick, two quick questions okay. from Sydney, Australia. We're on a tight lockdown and have been for eight weeks now with no end in sight. I have two kids, 10 and 6, doing homeschool with them and try to stay on top of housework, but it feels like I'm losing myself and my mind. That's from Steph. I don't know if you've been watching the Australian lockdown, a lot about it on uh, LA, kind of like it's intense, it's very serious. Um, anything you'd suggest to Steph? Um, you go first. You go first. Well, I, I would say, and let's make this kind of like a rapid round. Um, yeah. Steph, you got to take this, and this is, your, this is the time that's been given to you. This is your experience. You're in the midst of the story, which you can't possibly know. In the midst of the story, you've got to create your story. So you've got to create a really intentional experience about this for yourself, for your family, for your kids, Mm -hmm. and decide even in the midst of like all the other craziness that's going on and the fear and uncertainty, you're not going to tune in completely to that. You're going to create something positive and wonderful in your life, and you're going to improve something, learn a new skill, maybe learn to juggle. You can watch some of my tutorials, teach your kids Mm -hmm. that. You know, something something fun and creative because uh, while this seems like a real burden, it's also a huge gift. And I'd say maybe figure out what the gift is. Yeah. Okay. Wrap it around okay, your, for me. And your question and, and yours will be the uh, procrastination. This is from uh, Santeri who says, procrastination. I have a tendency to procrastinate. How do you deal with this issue? My subject of procrastination is my thesis, which I need to do so I can graduate. <laughs> I was in a rush to enter the job market and my thesis has haunted me for a year and a half now. I work uh, 40th week and play football here, uh, 40 hours a week and play football here in Finland. Feels like I don't have any me time and my day only consists of my thesis in the morning and then eight hours of work in football. Uh, but basically, how do I... I, I can't stop working, but I have so much to do. And the real question is procrastination. 
Yeah. No, that's tough. And it sounds like you have a ton on your plate. Um, I definitely relate to that. I'd say what helps me a lot is writing things down. I have my planner and every week I like to write down essentially everything I have to do and also block out periods of time to do it. It doesn't always get done when it's supposed to because we can't map out every second of life and you shouldn't. Like you should be open to things changing and stuff like that. But I like to write things down and then I like to highlight through them once I've done them. And that really helps me get things done and it also makes me feel better after I can cross through something. So procrastination wise, I would say like with your thesis, like kind of block out. You don't have to sit down and do the whole thing at once, but just start creating deliberate time every day, even if it's only like 10 minutes or how much time you can manage um, to work on a part of it. Don't try and conquer the whole thing at once because that's overwhelming and a really big thing for you to do, Um, but just start it because once you start something, um, you kind of get a sense for what completing it's going to look like and then it becomes less scary once you kind of had a, a roadmap for it essentially. So focus on the progress and just maintaining your momentum rather than the big goal at the end. Um, the other thing, only thing I'd add is that you plant your flags of like achievements. So if you if you got in three hours of work one day or 15 minutes of work on something or whatever, you, you that, that becomes your claim. You're like, I, I learned something now. I understand this better in this way. That's my new mark. You can't feel like you're climbing the same mountain over and over again. So you just got to realize you are going up that mountain. You can visualize it that way. All right. Well, I'm visualizing you being home, Maggie June. You're going to be back with the family here very soon, just a few days. And uh, it's going to be great to see you. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Well, this has been a fun podcast. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. Absolutely. I love you, girl. I love you. And we love you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Oh, and also, please, if you can, leave us a five-star review. Be sure to follow, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. And don't forget, go to wholesomechaos.com to leave your questions. We'll see you next week. For sure. All right. Bye. (laughs) Max and Dads, Wholesome Chaos. Max and Dads, Wholesome Chaos. That was... I'm dancing. You're dancing? I'm dancing. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.